everybody. Welcome to Rock and Roll Shinsu Chu, episode number 46. My name is Gabe Estel, and I'm here with my co-host, Dennis Levi Leach and Jonathan Getz. How's it going, guys? Boom shakalaka. All right. <laughs> Welcome to Thunderdome. All right. Well, it's good to be back. Um, baseball games will be starting soon. Um, I'm usually very excited when this week begins, but talk to me in about a week and a half and I'll want spring training to be over. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I, I've, I've always, I've never been a fan of, uh, or never, I've never uh, advocated for such a long spring training, like as, as far as games go. There's, there's nothing as uh, less exciting than the uh, box score with the SS in parentheses meaning yes. split squad. It's right. like, oh, great. Right. I bet that was productive. It's, it's, it's uh, awesome. Like, I'll be, I assume the games probably start, what, tomorrow or Tuesday, I would imagine? Uh, I think Tuesday or Wednesday. Okay, yeah, yeah. so early this week. It'll be uh, fun to see it on, uh, in, in, in video. Yeah, yeah, it. like the first – I get goosebumps, you know, like the yeah. first time I yeah. see guys on the field, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, I like seeing, like, the players who got traded, like, in new uniforms and all that, you know, um, or got signed, people that switch teams. But, yeah, I don't really need, like, five weeks of spring training games. No. Yeah, th- I mean, four is plenty. Um, I have four. Even, I- even like – Three would probably be good. I say just like spring training, like two weeks of conditioning, two weeks of games. Let's get it started. You know, like rip it. Let's do it. Rip it. Yeah. So anyway, um, but uh, nonetheless, for right now, this moment in time, I am excited for the games to begin. I will be in sunny Mesa, Arizona. Maybe going. Maybe I will. Uh, I'll record a little video we can post or something. I will be uh, March 14th at oh, nice. Sloan Park. Uh, do you know who? Arizona. So, are you going to see a game? Yeah, uh, off the top of my head, I can't remember who they're playing. Just somebody, yeah, it doesn't matter. And, well, um, and I'm hoping it's not a, a split squad day, <laughs> right? You might really get to see Shane Victorino. Shane Victorino Levi. batting cleanup. <laughs> yeah. He's like, hey, you want me to side your kid's baseball? I'm like, no thanks. <laughs> yeah. like, Where's Chris Bryant? <laughs> it's like I all my cards for... I would have of you were on the Phillies, man. I'm not like, I came here for Chris Bryant. Where is he? <laughs> so anyway, just... Victorino tries to put his arm around you. You're just like, <laughs> like get it off. <laughs> please uh all right so anyway um with uh spring training starting uh there's going to be some new rules this this year in baseball one of them was just announced recently and it involves it was triggered it was triggered by you know a couple controversial slides last year particularly the chase utley slide in the playoffs um but under the new rules and i'm reading just this verbatim from an article on SI and they're they're quoting the the new rule slides on potential double plays will this is in, sorry will require runners to make a bona fide attempt to reach and remain on the base okay nice. um so yeah kind of a of a murky adjective there it's like, classy bona fide the last time i heard that was on a wet nap at popeye's chicken <laughs> 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 like I said, bona fide chicken. Right. I, I love, I love on Popeyes that 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 like authentic cook woman. You know, that's like, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, yeah, that's what uh, yeah. sells me. All right. So anyway, contact will still be permissible on these slides, but runners are now prohibited from altering their altering their route to the base to initiate contact with a fielder. 
plays are reviewable for officials, obviously using instant replay. Runners can be called for interference if their slides do not fall under the new criteria. Okay, so that's it. That's the language of it, along with a little bit of an ex- further explanation. Um, I wonder if it'll apply in the postseason. I wonder if it'll only be a regular season rule. Well, or like how hard umps might enforce it. Like some it'll be a while. Like, yeah. is it going to be one of those things where some of the umps are kind of for it, so they hard, they like are hard and enforce it, and others are like, meh? I would think so. So over under July 1st <laughs> before somebody is actually called out for an illegal slide. Yeah, I don't know. I'll take the uh, under, actually. I'll take the under on July 1st. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know, they... They might want to vote. They might want to test it out, you know. <laughs> I mean, so they they did this with home plate, you know, when Buster Posey broke his yeah. leg, and so they removed this. What I think is more ingrained in baseball, this idea of barreling over a catcher, Pete Rose yeah. style, and uh, and to protect the players, which was long overdue. It's dumb to do that. Yeah, now there's there've um, been some nasty slides. Over yeah, the, and over there have been days. nasty slides going into second base. And why they wait for somebody to like break his leg before they finally decide to make a rule yeah. just shows how reactive rather than proactive they are. Yeah. So it's it's late to do it, but better late than never. I like how it's going to be co kind of implemented. They're going to crack down more on the the neighborhood play. Yes. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. so because yeah. I mean I've seen some replays where the guys like nowhere near the bag, and you know they get the double play. Right. Which actually, so if they're asking them to be more in there, they're they're you know they are jeopardizing their that second baseman or shortstop safety a bit more because the whole reason for the neighborhood is so that they back away from these guys barreling into second, these runners barreling into second. So I guess if you, if you do it on both sides, then we're just back to this idea of playing baseball, which is great rather than this, you know, baseball suddenly turning into, uh, turning into football uh, in the middle of a play uh, Mm -hmm. up the middle. Uh, So I I think it's good that they're going ahead and and applying this to both ends of the play. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that as well. Um, like I said, the language bona fide attempt, just that adjective, um, you know, how, how are they going to determine if something's bona fide? You know, I mean, it's... Neural I... neural connections and... Uh... <laughs> Sensors well played. and helmets. Well played. The, the quantified base runner. Yeah, it's just, it, to me, it seems, it's it's just so open for interpretation, I guess. It is. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting yeah. how they apply it. The other big rule uh, is what? They're going to be now having a 30-second timer for right. all mound visits mm-hmm. by the coaches. Uh, yeah, Jonathan gets his wishes. We all get to go to bed before 11 now. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, I wonder how much time it will cut down. Um, I, You know, I... I can't say I've sat and timed ever a coaching visit to know. Um, Like, I think this is a good rule in essence to keep the game going a little bit more. And, um, you know, I will say sometimes those visits are used. Like if a guy gets injured or you'll see where like, you know, uh, like a catcher takes one in the, in the, in the nads or an ump gets hit. Like a coach will come out and talk for a while. 
Like, I hope that doesn't make it to where that aspect of the game goes away, because I always thought that was kind of chivalrous. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Sport, sportsmanship. Yeah. 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 And yeah. so, I mean, I think as long as we keep, like, like, you know, Timex-sponsored clocks from being in the dugouts or something, like, if we don't do that, I think we're okay. Yeah. But I've, I've always, I've, I mentioned this before on the podcast, I've always, you know, Baseball, one of the reasons it's my favorite sport, it's not the main reason, but I guess it's one of them, is the fact that it's not governed by the clock, you know, like the yeah. other major sports are. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, like baseball and golf aren't governed by the clock, you know, mm-hmm. um, whereas the, you know, the other major sports are. Uh, baseball is governed by the outs. Um, so I've always liked that. And these sort of stabs at at uh, regulating it a little bit more, ah, uh, I'm kind of indifferent. I'm, I'm, I'm maybe I'm. I've always liked the pace of the game. I mean, to many people, I realize it's slow. But it's guess, it's gotten slower. It has. It has. So the pace of the game is kind of always changing. It used to be mostly two hours a game, mm. uh, on average. But it's far, far from that now. Oh, yeah. Listen, like I'm one of those people. Like I'll watch a seven hour game. Like, <laughs> yeah, honestly, like when when I, I want the season to go twelve months, just like ship the thing to 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 Costa Rica, like you know, in the off season, play yeah, there. Winter leagues. I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. I love the game. Yeah, I'm I'm, game. I'm more of a I'm more of a three to five inning guy. <laughs> so it's like you know, it's it's more of a timing for me. It's like okay, I got sixty ninety minutes. Um. And and really, it, I feel like I don't even know you anymore. Anyway, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm all about efficiency, man. <laughs> no, I will admit, sometimes there are Cubs games where if I have them on, you know, if I have it on the DVR or whatever, I will fast forward through when the Cubs aren't hitting, or you know what I mean. Sometimes, but Got like the power to do that now. But yeah. like, if I am in a situation though where I can sit down. And really enjoy like three and a half hours of baseball oh, or whatever. Yeah. Best. Yeah, you know, there's nothing like it. But I, you know, I it harkens back to we were born in a different time, and kids and younger people today do not have the patience to watch something for four hours usually. Yeah, yeah especially when they've got a phone in their hands. Um, right. right. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah, there's a generational divide probably around this, I would imagine. Yeah, and I think the idea of, oh, we got to bring young fans back into the fold, I think that's kind of neither here nor there. You're never going to, like, compete with the internet. It's just not no. going to happen. No. No. <laughs> I don't care if the game is only 75 minutes long. Right. Uh, yeah. So you should be happy if they happen to watch a highlight the next morning Sure. sure. on the web. Well, yeah, and I mean, ESPN right. is even hurting. They're ESPN, um, I think, let go of a bunch of people recently due to the fact that younger people are, aren't even watching sports Center anymore. No, you know, I mean, they can, they can get it in so many, they can get the yeah. same info in so many different ways. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Same, you know, from so many different sites and yeah. apps. Oh, and ESPN's all, all in on NFL anyhow, so. Yeah, it might uh, as well be the second NFL network. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think actually I think it's more like the first NFL network. <laughs> or that. Yeah. But yeah, no, Levi's right. I mean that the influence of ESPN is certainly waning, I mm-hmm. think. Um, but Sunday night baseball is still something I really enjoy. 
there's something about just sitting down end of the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, used to be uh, what Gary Miller, or not yeah, Gary Miller? Um, who's the uh, dude from the Orioles? John um, Miller. John Miller. Yes, he's John, John Miller. Yes, underrated. And now they now they have the new guy, um, uh, the new team from a couple of years ago. I think they're pretty good too. And it's mm-hmm. it's you know usually kind of more relaxed. Uh, mm-hmm. At least that's how I perceive it, and so I do enjoy that program. Well, they produce a, they produce a, a baseball game really well. They do. ESPN does. They do. Yeah, and, um, I'll give and, them that. And what's amazing is Much better kind, than Fox. They've kind of had that style for a while, and so you would think more mm-hmm. more teams would kind of imitate it a little more than what they do. You don't see it a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, with ESPN, a guy hits a home run, you're getting to watch him trot from third to home as the guy's like holding the camera up, you know? Yeah, and, right. Right. And on the like, field. Yeah. You know, it, they produce a game really well. I will mm-hmm. give it. They do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, um, they, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's much different than just watching a, a game, uh, just a regular game from the, the regular, the team's regular affiliate, you yeah, know? Yeah. The Fox Sports Channel. Right. Yeah. yeah. I would I would definitely agree with that. Um, all right, so some new rules uh, up this year, and this next topic, we're going to talk a little bit. Uh, we're going to this is going to segue into sort of the the main course of this episode. Uh, earlier in the week, um, Mets manager Terry Collins took um, took umbrage um, with with. Uh, uh, superstar Yenis Cespedes, um, newly signed superstar Yenis Cespedes, wearing his hat backwards, and said he was going to talk to him about it. So, the old man, waving, the old man waving the finger at, at young Cespedes. I don't know why. I, I don't know why I started to say that with like a Scottish accent. I was like the old man <laughs> waving the finger. <laughs> right. The first old man was from Scotland, <laughs> officially. <laughs> For some reason, I just wanted to do an ag. I'm sorry. Jeez. Anyways, no, yeah. yeah, it's... Uh, it's Or Irish, Collins, anyway. Sorry. <laughs> there you go. It is. It's And it's sad because, I, you know, those... A lot of these guys that were coaches now, well, they were players. And it's like, come on. You're going to you're gonna tell right. your player you can't wear his hat backwards? Baseball. I mean, if, if Lou Pinella would have walked out and told King Griffey Jr. that in 1990, do you think... I mean, well, you he know, he wore it backwards during the game. Either. Yeah, exactly. This is the same yeah, right. Training. We're talking training. about practice. We're talking yeah. about practice. <laughs> practice. Baseball is still pretty stuffy old man. You know, it, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's still got that. There's the right way to play the game. You know, right. I mean, it's still right. got that, uh, which I get, you know, our, our, our announcer uh hawk harrelson is definitely all about that <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, right. um much to the rest of the league's annoyance and most other fan bases annoyance i and i get that we've had we've had the hawk harrelson conversation on this show um but yeah i i, I thought it was stupid i thought it was kind of offensive you know um yeah like i mean what, what what's what let's let's decode that terry what are you really trying to say here all right yeah so. uh yeah i and i think you know it's it's like this the the steph curry thing with nba uh cam newton with the nfl it's like these guys that are, that have like a lot of fun out there yeah on the field playing playing a game that yeah, they're getting a paid so much that it's like beyond 
Um, it's it's beyond responsibility. It's just fun again, <laughs> like yeah. you know. And so who who can fault him for uh, wanting to have fun and buying a new car for every day of of the week? Oh yeah, he's and, winning spring training. Yeah, he, uh, yeah. <laughs> he definitely. Yeah, that's no that fucking dealership was winning spring training. <laughs> right. right. Oh yeah. I guess he uh he has a couple huge estates and he he likes raising his own cattle. Yeah, because I guess it was like. I guess a, a big thing in Cuba was you really couldn't like raise your own cattle and kill them. You'd have to like get permits, get clearance. Yeah. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. And so yeah, he's like loving American Dream, range. man. Yeah, he's living he's it gonna up. Be, he's gonna be making what twenty five mil this year or I, something I, like I, that. Honest, so yeah, I he'll be. He's kind of liked him, and I always felt bad that he was getting traded all the time. <laughs> he, yeah, he's uh, he, he. We talked about him a lot on this show, and he's he. He's an interesting player. I mean, he's um, he's interesting. Divisive. Interesting is kind of a generic word. Yeah, he's divisive, definitely. Um, but yeah, Levi's right. I mean, it it is odd that a guy this good got traded that often. You know, he's only he's been in the league only since 2012. Yeah, yeah. isn't that crazy? Nice. Four, three seasons. He's, yeah, he's yeah. been a lot. Wait, of no, five seasons. Four seasons. I'm sorry. This week's fourth. Yeah, yeah. He's been a trade chip. For yeah, a every year. Seasons. Right. Every year. Yeah, he hasn't really got that big contract yet. Um, I mean, now he kind of does with the Mets, but he can opt out of it. Right. Um, yeah, and he's got a gun for an arm. I mean, when he... Oh, know. when he tracks the ball down, yeah. He's, he's yeah. got a chance for, <laughs> for gunning the guy out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's he's had some amazing throws. Yeah, I say roll with it, yo. You know, <laughs> just, <laughs> just wouldn't it be funny if, like, Collins walks out to his the parking lot, you know, after a hard day of practice and Cespedes is in his car, just circles around Collins many times, you know, just <laughs> stare at him down. Hat backwards. <laughs> and by the, the hat backwards. You know, by the way, it would be one thing if Cespedes didn't produce, but yeah. his second half of last year was for the ages. Well, yeah, yeah. with a guy like that, you want to just be like, yo, dude, do your thing. Exactly. You know what I mean? yeah, whatever like, makes why, you comfortable. Why are you going yeah. up to a guy like that being like, you can't do that? Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Especially like like you know, obviously you know a lot of people predict the Mets to do big things this year. Um, but without Cespedes, that's not that great of a lineup. No, it's right. really not. They, right. To be honest, the numbers <laughs> without him were not that good at all. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it like hinges on David Wright. Other than him, you know. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. So uh, David Wright, who's you know had precarious health basically his whole career. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would just leave Yo alone, I think, and do whatever the hell you want. Yep. You know? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that gets into our conversation. Terry Collins, um, there was a list on kind of a, I don't know, kind of a generic sort of website that I just stumbled across. Um, maybe they do great work. I don't know. Rant Sports. And it was one of those clickbait articles, uh, slideshow style where you, uh, you know, there was a, it was ranking all 30 managers. And they didn't really give any explanation of the metrics that went into this. And one of the questions that's always surrounded managers is, you know, ultimately what, what makes a good MLB manager. Um, it's been hard to quantify. No one really seems to, to know um, that usually the team's performance kind of speaks for itself and, the manager gets rewarded as well. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, 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 yeah. Well, it's one of those things where I think you're always just going to be as good as your team. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, 
they want to say, you know, they're managers that can pull the best out of, you know, average players. Doing the most with the like, least. Yeah, yeah and it's like, well, I don't know. That maybe, but like, in, in any instance in my entire life when I've been on a team, it was the team banding together and doing something together as a team, not the, the leader or the manager. Right. You know what I mean? Doing it for each other rather than for yeah, the yeah. manager. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've never, I guess I've yeah. never been in a situation where it was like, ah, let's do it for the Gipper. Or, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, some manager, some managers stand out because they take chances like Joe Madden, who, who is number one on the list. Um, Levi, you better win a world series. Cause I'm getting a little sick no, of this. Yeah, Madden. Right now, I'm getting a little sick of this Madden fawning that's going no, on. Dude, right now right? as a Cubs fan, it's like, <laughs> I, It'd be like doing a whole case of whippets. You can go online. <laughs> it's like there's a thousand articles posted within the last week. It's like Cubs oh. are going to do this. Cubs are going to do this. Yeah. Joe Madden's the best at this. Blah. It's just like oh my god. I yeah, it's yeah. bad. But yeah. he he is a good manager and he takes risks, but they're calculated. Man, he's he's a numbers guy. Yeah. A lot of what he does is stuff by the numbers. Or stuff that he he feels is right. Sometimes maybe the numbers are close, and he'll be like, "Well, I feel it's really should be yeah. this way." He's a hybrid. And, yeah, and yeah. so yeah. you know, I think some of the, I think a lot of it's more calculated than what people want to give him credit for. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, his his waters might run a little deeper than say, I don't know, Matt Williams or Brad Osmus or something. I don't. Yeah. Um, but I'll totally say, I think, I think Bochi on paper is a better manager. He's got three world series titles. Yeah. And he's done it. He's, he's done it with, um, not very dominant offenses as well. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I'll give him that, you know, he's basically had Buster Posey, you know, (laughs) like as far as, and and I guess Hunter Pence. So do you think a manager has more effect on the pitching or the offense or the defense or where do they have the most I, I would think that the manager would have the most effect on the lineup. And so yes. therefore the hitting. Yes, I would say so. And recognizing when guys gel at a certain certain spot in the lineup. So Bruce Bochy's career winning percentage is 503. Okay, he has three World Series. You can't take that away. Not many managers in the history of baseball have that. But yeah, he has a career 503 winning percentage, mm-hmm. um, which is just barely above... Uh, sure. uh, even Steven, yeah, right? Which is interesting, but he has three World Series, and that's why he's legitimately number two in this list, I suppose. High pressure situations, he excels, I guess. He, yeah, I, I don't, or, he, or he helps his players excel. Yeah, I, I don't know because yeah, he's done that. The all those Giants teams like weren't like just fantastic teams. No. you know what I mean. I mean, granted, like you know what, two years ago, yeah, they've they've had good pitching. Um, they've always had good pitching during all those runs, but yeah. Yeah, he he was. I don't know how much of a role he played, but you know he the offense right. started. He he was able to make it work in the playoffs. Yeah. I, I, to go to your question, Jonathan, I think it's a little bit of both pitching and hitting, for the fact that it at a certain time in the game, a, a manager has to decide. Well, should I play this scenario here because of the numbers on this guy is better sure. pitching mm-hmm. or hitting? Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like there are these little mini chess games all throughout the whole course of the mm-hmm. game. And I think Bochi is really good at, at 
at navigating those. Yeah, yeah. and I guess in the National League, it's even harder with the uh, with the uh, with the double switches. So yeah, credit oh, yeah. to them there for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, but it's so subjective, know, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I, yeah. I, I don't understand why Buck Showalter is number four in this list. Buck Showalter <laughs> has never won more than three games in the playoffs. Um, he has seven. He's managed in seventeen seasons, and four of those seasons, he's made the playoffs. Did and Buck again. Showalter manage the Royals at one time? No. Uh, no, I don't I, think I, so. I, this is terrible. I always get Buddy Bell and Buck Showalter. Buddy Bell did, yes. Yeah. Yes. Also, you know, Levi mentioned this, or somebody, that, you know, they have a big staff, too. I mean, like, baseball teams have a lot of people right. yeah. with their hands in the pot who are yeah. trying to make that team as competitive as it can be. Sometimes the pitching coach is just as notable as the manager. Yeah. Yeah, right. And then hitting coaches have always been the first guys to get fired. Um, right, right. right. <laughs> no, but you've got you've got outfielder coaches, you know? I mean, you've, you've oh, yeah. got bullpen coaches. You've got bench coaches. You've got bench coaches. You've got scouts. You've got player development people. I mean, just so many things. Right. You know, it's not like it's not like Joe Madden. And I'm not I'm not being naive enough to say anybody can do it. They can't. I mean, I'm sure. And a lot of insider baseball people who have played and managed would tell us, you know, otherwise. But uh, or would reinforce that notion. But, you know, it's not like Joe, like the, the weight of the, the weight of that baseball team is all on Joe Madden's shoulders. You know, like he's got to, you know, he's got to right. he's got to do everything No, Like there's he's yeah. got dozens of people to help him right. with that. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, right. and I, I'm not under and I'm not undermining the guy. I'm just or underestimating how good he could be. It's just, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of people. Yeah, it's a lot different. Yeah. It's an operation. Back I mean, mm-hmm. even, I would say even into the seventies, it was still like the manager had a pretty dominant control over his yeah. team. Yeah. Staffs were smaller. Yeah. And so now that it has been relegated to where there's like departments for everything and specialists. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I think in, in, it changing to this environment, I think it makes the case even more for what I said, where I think it's all about just guys coming together. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because to, to try and say the one guy out of the 20 coaches was the main influence on the other 30 people. You know what I mean? It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's one of the most subjective awards. Manager of the year. So is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Joe Girardi won it on a year he didn't even have a winning record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and Joe Girardi's won it as many times as Joe Torre, who won how many World Series? Sure, five, four. Yeah, five. Joe Joe Torre was also you know managing a, a Yankees team of all stars as well. Right, not, but and it, not that not that Joe Torre's not a great baseball mind. I'm, he is. Yeah, you know, yeah. But at the same time, like the same thing was going on across town with the Mets, but they never seemed to be able to put it together, even though they would sure. have all these big signings. Sure. I mean, and, and you know, uh, it, how well the team's playing. We, we, we mentioned Mattingly before we started recording. Mattingly, who's been with the Dodgers the last few years and then now is, is with the Marlins. You know, that Dodger team, $300 million, and they couldn't pull off, uh, you know, yeah. or it's what, not 300, 200? Whatever. A shitload of money. A lot of money. money. Yeah, yeah, a shitload of money, more than any other team. And no World Series uh, And no World Series, you know. Not even in the World Series. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, they even have an appearance. Yeah. In the World Series. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, I, I think a lot of managing, I, I give a lot of credit to uh, consistency. Uh, Joe Madden, 
seven of ten full seasons with more than 84 wins, with 84 or more wins. Terry Francona has made the playoffs, um, or I'm sorry, has finished above 500 in 11 straight seasons. Terry Francona teams, Indians, wow. Red Sox, hmm. uh, and maybe the Phillies as well. Maybe. I don't know. I forget if they're in that streak. But um, oh, yeah, I 11, 11 straight seasons. Granted, you know, Boston had a big payroll. Uh, but Cleveland, you they know, did. he's, uh, you know, he's, he's been taking them, trying to take them to the next level. Oh, yeah. So I think, I think he hasn't had that solid. good of a team in Cleveland and he's got them into the yeah. playoffs. Almost, yeah. Right. Yeah. He got him in That's once yeah. two years ago and then not last year. Cause last year they kind of disappointed, you know, I, I picked them to go to the world series last year. Uh, and they didn't, uh, obviously they didn't make the playoffs, but you know, they could, they could be back in it this year. Um, so, so, yeah. uh, One's Madden, two's Bochi, three's Francona, four's Showalter. Why is Clint Hurdle so high at number seven? Yeah, oh, I, Pittsburgh. I don't yeah. know. Uh, they, they've kind of been a letdown because they haven't made it to a World Series. Right. He has a career four ninety winning percentage. Yeah, and and all the guys near the end of the list, they're, they're just, they're just the guys that manage shitty teams, you know, right. or they're right. new. You so, know. Yeah, so it, who, it, in in the in the bottom twenty, who do you think is most likely to win a World Series? Um, All right, let's say in the bottom fifteen, the last half of the league. So you got Osmus, Cash, Melvin, Hinch for the Astros, Molitor. I like Molitor. I was going to say Molitor. I was going to yeah. say Molitor. That was going to be mine. Nice. Yeah, what he did last year was impressive. Well, yeah. yeah, those guys were like nobodies. Yeah, I mean they've got some young talent, but it's not totally developed. It hasn't totally developed yet. Um, I'll say Hinch, I guess, just because I I like. I mean, I think I think the Astros have a good shot. Have a lot of talent. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I don't know if they're better than the Royals. Probably not, but that you know they're they're good. You know, they they could... were that close to advancing last year against the Royals. And they yeah, just yeah, do it. yeah. I mean, so I I would. I, I, AJ Hinch, I don't know if he's a good manager or not. I think he's just, he's got a lot to work with, you yeah. know, right now. Yeah. He's got a lot of talent, a lot of young talent. So, yeah. Yeah. You know. A lot of expectations now too. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how worth. you can call like Craig council from the brewers, a shitty manager. He's managing the fucking brewers. You know what I mean? The brewers <laughs> aren't any good right now. You know, I mean, what's he, yeah. supposed, to, what's he supposed to do? Yeah. And he is at number 23, which is generous. That is yeah. the trend of the list. Like you said, it's like the better teams, those managers are at the top and the yeah. worse, the worse off you are, you're at the bottom. Sure. All yeah, of these guys right. too, you look at them, you're like, wait, are these player managers, player managers? Cause I thought they were still playing. Yeah. Kevin Cash. I was like, right? Kevin Cash. Scott Service. Uh, you're, you're, Parker. Yeah, right. Scott Service. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, he's, where is Scott Service now? Seattle? Yeah. Or, Seattle. Okay. Yeah, he was on the Cubs for a while. Was he? Yeah. Scott Surveys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Walt uh, Weiss? Yeah. Yeah, it's Attack uh, it's of all the of... Like, 90s player. Yeah, when you want to feel old, just realize that, <laughs> that Delano DeShields Jr. is playing and, <laughs> right. and, and Walt Weiss is managing. I remember a couple of years ago, guys, um, on that note, you know, as far as players that are former players from our childhood who are now manager or coaches there was a fight between the diamondbacks and the dodgers and it was like all of our old baseball cards getting into a fight <laughs> like on the diamondbacks you had kirk that's when kirk gibson was managing them you also had matt williams as one of the coaches right uh he was like the third base coach and then on the dodgers he had mattingly mcguire tim wallach 
and I picked somebody else as well. So it was like all of our cards. Like, Duke did you it. recreate it with your starting lineups? I, I probably could. <laughs> I, I need a Tim Wallach starting lineup. So, um, yeah. But, but yeah. Anyway, um, so <laughs> it's, it's so, yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's uh, managers catch you know, the hard, fever. Hard to quantify. Yeah. So. And, and I feel like the media just kind of has their favorites too, you know. Like they, like even though it's a five nineteen winning percentage, like they, everybody just really likes Buck Showalter. He looks like he's he's a thinking son of a bitch when he's in that in right. that dugout. I, I think all of that has to factor he, into it. He's got a game face for sure, you know. Somehow, yeah. um, like you know, people say Sosha is is a good manager. You know, I mean. I, yeah, I, I guess he is. I mean, it's always the catchers too. Like the catchers yeah, are the cerebral right. guys. Mm-hmm. You know, they know everybody, how to play yeah. the game. I, I love to talk to a big league manager. It'd be fascinating to find out what get their take. You know, what what makes a good manager? So outside of Joe Madden, who it's like, okay, yeah, I'll let him like pick the line and everything. Who would you, who would you uh, uh, sit down with, have a beer with? Yeah, aside from Madden, because that's who everybody right, would pick. Right. He's, he's the coolest. Um, he's the cool kid. Um, <laughs> I'll, but... I'll take it, man. This is like I gotta. I, I don't God, know how many I... times in my life I'll be able to say, "Hey, the Cubs have a cool manager." <laughs> I, I, I mean, I Donnie baseball. You know, I'd, yeah. I'd hang out with Matty Lee. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'd want to wear a big fucking mustache and be That's like, right. "Can't make me shave it." <laughs> right. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, I like his demeanor. You know. I mean, uh, I. I, I never liked the Yankees, but, you know, I, I always respected him as a player a lot. Right, um, right. Molitor would be cool. I always Molitor, yeah. Fine, yeah. Molitor was my first favorite player other than Yount. So, okay. yeah, definitely Molitor. Sure. Out of the current, out of that list, I would choose, I mean, obviously, the second choice would be Molitor. Yeah. Yeah. After Madden. Yeah, I would say, yeah, I would say the three guys that we just mentioned would be my, I mean, after Madden would be my first choices. I'll start all last names with M too. Scott Cervais, uh, please don't write us. We're sorry we didn't pick you. Right. And so then we would all at the same time we would all suplex Mike Matheny, right? Like, right. Oh God. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Uh. Absolutely. <laughs> well, like it's like, dude, how did you inherit? You inherited his team and his just arrogant attitude of Larusa. It's like, dude. It was yeah. like Russo left, and you just came in and like sucked all his same essence. I don't know, man. I just, uh. and, and, and I'm a Cubs fan. I'll admit I'm biased, but man, I just something about Matheny. In almost all of the shots of Matheny in the dugout, he looks like annoyed or like pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, you know, good hair of hair on him though. Anyway, I'll give it to managers. <laughs> it's it's a tough gig because looking through this list of managers, only a handful of them actually have won a World Series. Right. Yeah. Uh, Bochi, yeah. Francona, uh, not uh, not Showalter, not Mattingly, not Matheny, not Hurdle, not Collins, Girardi. Yep. Uh, not Gibbons, not Bannister, Yost did. So it's like only a handful of these guys have actually won. There's so much turnover in MLB. Would, so- would Sosha be the longest tenured manager right now? 16 Probably. years, I think so. Yeah. That yeah. seems like a long time for a manager in this day and age. Certainly. For one team, you know. Yes. Yeah. yeah, he's bandaged so long he no longer looks like he could have been a former player. Yeah, he's been where on the was... hot seat. Um, yeah, right, for like the last few, three or four years. Yeah. yeah, where where was Bochi before San Francisco? San Diego. San Diego, right? That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. Okay. I just yeah. thought of it. That's who uh, my spring training game is against. Oh, it is. Padres. San Francisco. 
Yep. Or San Diego. San Diego. Okay. San yeah. Diego. Yeah. Andy yeah. Green managing them now. Um, Which uh, I would have never thought he would be a manager. Yeah. Who knows? You know? Yeah. I don't know. Who the fuck is Andy Green? Oh, I was thinking of Adam Green, the um, well, as from the Moldy as, Peaches. As far as like personalities, you know, you want somebody that can that can sort of manage players' personalities. You know, not like in the way Collins does. You know, like Aries trying to do with Cespedes, but you know, they can relate to him. Um, right. You know, they, they he doesn't kind of a generic doesn't micromanage them you know i mean um i always thought a guy that would be really good at that and i think he wants to manage what i heard is i think aj Brzezinski would be a really good manager probably i mean just you know he would stick up for dudes yeah he obviously there's the catcher thing but (laughs) yeah he would he would stick up for dudes you know he's a he's a he's a player's guy you know i mean you'd be the first coach to hit a third baseman maybe yeah, if that's if that's what if that's what's needed, fine. He'd, uh, he'd be the first one to be thrown out in his first game by the yeah. third inning. <laughs> I'm 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 for it, man. I mean, I I mean, I, I you want him coaching the White Sox? I wouldn't mind. That's the thing too. Like, I don't. Ozzy was entertaining, so I liked that. Um, the press conferences. Well, like you're not going to top those, but like. I don't really give a shit who manages the team as long as we win. Yeah, that's <laughs> I really it. don't care. And it seems like over, you know, a lot of managers, the best ones seem like they just let the players do whatever. Sure. You know, yeah. and so it's like there's all all the different schools of managing, but yeah. I it's mean, a delicate I, balance. Yeah. I, I suppose you're a bad manager, to piggyback on what Levi's saying, when you lose the players. And that's, from what I read, what happened in Washington last year with Matt Williams. That's why he's gone now mm-hmm. already. Supposedly what happened to Francona. Yeah. Dusty's got a... In Boston. Francona, it's what happened to, what, Bobby Valentine when he was yeah. in was he when he was in Boston. Oh, God. Well. That, <laughs> yeah. Valentine was on the hot seat as soon as he got hired. Yeah, that right. Was, that was awful. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's, there's stories like that, which I, I don't know if those... The guys just they, they couldn't they couldn't control the clubhouse. They couldn't, you know, just there was no chemistry on the teams, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, man- it's, it's the like... managers weren't doing a very good job of of sort of massaging all that. Well, yeah. And yeah. And that's that leads to another question about managers. It's like, am I managing adults on a professional baseball team that are getting paid millions of dollars? Right. Or am I having to be like a social counselor and like setting up like nights after games where we all go out to a club to try and like build a false camaraderie and stuff. It's like it, I think that so much shouldn't be put on the manager. I think it should be put behind the GM and the people assembling the team. Yeah. It's like, don't just get a random bunch of guys together and be like, yep, they have to be friends and make it happen. It's like, you should know some people's personalities when you're signing them and think, Hey, this should work together. I don't, I don't think it should always be put upon the manager to be like, Oh, I have to make it to where these guys get together as a unit and stuff. And yeah, I mean, you know, one thing I'll, I'll say that I think you'll see more of, and I think it would be a good thing for, for the teams is, you know, a guy that's bilingual is going to help a team in this day and age. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. Ozzy obviously had that going yeah. for him, you know, um, and there's probably a couple other managers now that that have it, too. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, you know, that's I, I would say that's it's not a prerequisite necessarily, but 
you know, when you're when you're dealing with so much Spanish speaking talent on on major league teams that it can't yeah. hurt to have your manager be able to talk to those players directly yeah, you know, without, going, without going through an interpreter or without. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Agreed. Last thing before we go, uh, before we do some recommendations here, the White Sox earlier this week, uh, last week, I should say, signed Jimmy Rollins, right? Now, keep this brief here. Jimmy Rollins, it joins a long tradition of White Sox players who who hopped on board, you know, while when they were past their prime, right? So I was able to compile a starting, a full lineup of past their prime veterans guys who were once stars that the white Sox have signed since signed or traded for since 1995 let me read this really quickly okay and my number one slot i've got kenny lofton all right i remember that yes my number two slot i've got andrew jones all right three king griffey jr four jose canseco 2001 we had it nice fifth you guys might not even remember this one. 1995, John Cruck played for the White Sox. Wow, don't I don't remember. remember that. I thought yep. you were going to say Bo Jackson. Yeah. I bet the pinstripes so were slimming. Right. So so I've got Cruck batting fifth at fifth at, thir- at first base. Bet you don't remember this one either. Only played like 20-some games in 1995. Chris Sabo at third base. Really? I got him hitting sixth. Seventh, we had it. We got him twice, actually, near the end of his career. Hall of Famer. Robbie Alomar, oh, yeah. second base. We're going to keep it in the family, hitting eighth at a catcher, Same. Sandy Alomar Jr. Yeah. We got him at the very we – he was the, we were the last team he played for, I believe. Um, and then ninth, I guess I could have put in Rollins here at shortstop now, but instead I put Omar Vizquel uh, at shortstop. Yeah. So he was uh, – I don't know if the White Sox were the last. I think they were the second to the last team he played for. But anyway, and my starting pitcher, 1993, we had Dave Steeb. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I guess Can I'm going do, a little uh, back here, than, further back than 20 years. That one. Like a new life goal should be to get, like, jerseys of all these now. I know. Have, right? like, the most obscure White Sox jersey collection ever. Listen, we have so many guys, I didn't even have room for Manny Ramirez in my lineup, all right? <laughs> right, or Bo Jackson. <laughs> or Bo Jackson. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't even have room for those guys. So, oh wow, you know, um, some yeah, because all those guys were you know past their prime when we got them. Some White Sox fans would argue Adam Dunn, but I disagree. He was in his prime when we got him, or, or you know, still in the throes of it. He just he just flatlined when he got to us, you know. So I, I don't <laughs> think he counts, you know. So anyway. Um, all right. So now we're going to wrap it up with some recommendations for what we've uh, of what we've been listening to lately. We haven't done that in quite a while. Got to talk so, some music. We do. We do. Uh, so, Levi, do you have anything? Man? What have you? I do. Been I just lately? got it today. OK, I got it uh, at a Goodwill here in town that was having a 50 percent off sale. So I paid a whopping 50 cents for it. It's Pat Metheny and it's called Bright Size Life. It's his mm. debut record. What year is that from? from? 1976. Oh, okay. And it is a trio. It's Pat Metheny on 6 and 12 string guitar. Uh, Bob Moses on drums, who's like a legendary fusion jazz drummer. And then on bass, in one of his first recordings, uh, Jaco Pistorius. 
Nice. So it's, yeah, it's excellent. If you're into fusion, guitar, rock, that type of thing. Yeah. I highly Good recommend deal. That. Cool. Cool. Uh, I, uh, I, I struck a little bit of gold with the last uh, new release Friday, uh, a trio of albums. I think that were all released uh, this last Friday. Yuck's Stranger Things. I highly recommend Yuck. Uh, mm-hmm. Pete Shiny Ultra Blast, a released album called Grand Feathered. Uh, uh, I, I definitely recommend that. And also Mondo Drag's The Oculation of Light to follow up on Levi's original Mondo Drag recommendation uh, uh, f- uh, from, I believe, 2015. So Mondo Drag getting it done again here in 2016 with The Oculation of Light. Nice. The Oculation of Light. I like it. Um, all right. You know, I'm going to recommend actually a genre of music um, that is fun and kind of has emerged um predict, you know, very a lot of european dj's are involved in yeah. this um you know it's 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 not your typical electronic dance music by any means it's the genre is called retro wave and a lot of it is inspired by like 80s sci-fi and like 80s kind of electronic soundtracks you know kind of like tangerine dream and and you know uh stuff like that but anyway some of the bands that are part of this genre there's um there is a uh, guy named um, Kavinsky. Yeah, did I say that right? Yeah, who's that's he goes under that alias. He's got an album called Outrun that's really a lot of fun. And all these bands have like really great visuals too, just because you know they're influenced by the '80s. So it's it's you know it's it's uh, it's it's fun to look at as well. And there's uh, another one called VHS Dreams. Uh, another band called Time Cop 1983. Um, you know, sometimes these are a band, sometimes they're just a, a, a person, I guess. Uh, there's another one called um, uh, Laser Hawk. Another one called Power Glove. They incorporate a lot of the Nintendo <laughs> Power Glove into their their stuff. So yeah, ch- I mean, check it out. It's fun. You know, I mean, it, it's really good working music. I think if you've got stuff to do, uh, but it's 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 nice and atmospheric and and fun. Um, yeah, I, I I like it. So cool. retro check wave. out, check out. Yeah. Just, just Google retro wave bands. And a lot of the bands I mentioned will come up right on. bands or DJs. Yeah. Right on. So, yeah. Check it out. Lots of fun. All right. Speaking of fun, you can find so much fun stuff at rockchew.com. You can find uh, previous episodes, links to albums. We've discussed recommendations. We've made interviews, uh, interviews. Yeah. have some great interviews over the last month. You can check out those. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram and the Twitter at. By the way, Rock- yes, your Instagram post of was it Matt Matt Stairs? Yeah, in all of his jerseys. Well done. Yeah, I don't know if I even touched on all of them. I just found that <laughs> like photo. seven of his jerseys. Thank you. Yeah, I uh, I think I responded to that. I didn't realize Stone Cold Steve Austin played baseball. <laughs> yeah. Right. Definitely. He does. And some of those, he looks just like Steve Austin. <laughs> he does look like Stone Cold. Yeah. I missed a few because he played for the Expos as well. And I don't think I got an Expos jersey in there. Yeah, oh, that wow. guy, yeah. That guy yeah. had a few. Yeah. Yeah. No, Stairs definitely modeled a few uniforms. Um, so, anyway, that's Rock in Chew on Twitter and Instagram. And that's in as in Nana Cherry. <laughs> All right. Buffalo <laughs> Stance. Got a long list I'm looking at here. <laughs> Um, so anyway, shout out to Nana Cherry. Uh, but anyway, yeah, check us out on, on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, as well as on Facebook. Tell all your friends. 
And again, visit rockchew.com for all cool stuff, baseball and music. Oh, and sign up for our newsletter. We're going to we're going to have a kick-ass newsletter. newsletter that's going to yes. be going out uh that you know, you could be a part of the show, you could win shit. It's true. Yeah. Sign yep. up. Sign up, definitely. Uh, help us grow. So anyway, we will see you next time and uh, hope everybody has a, a good work, good first week of spring training games. Take care. Peace.